we're going to jump right in by looking a little bit more about what it means to strengthen your faith. And if you have a cell phone, please make sure that it is on silent at this time or vibrate, whatever. We just don't want to have somebody calling in in the middle. All right. So, show of hands, how many of you think that you have already shown faith in your life today? Anybody? You have already used your faith today, right? Now, here's the thing. We can put our faith in the things of the world more than we put our faith in God and not even realize it. Are you ready for this? We're going to do an inventory. When you went to bed last night, how many of you guys set an alarm on a phone? How many of you guys had that alarm wake you up this morning? How many of you guys charged it overnight? You plugged it into a wall, right? That was faith. We assumed, we believed that the alarm would go off, that it would stay plugged in, and the power would stay on. I have been in situations where that has proven not the case. <laughs> Faulty connection or whatever, the cord goes bad in the middle of the night, you wake up 10 o'clock, you go, oh my goodness, the alarm never went off and the phone was dead. Yep, you've been in that situation too, haven't you? So that was faith. How many of you guys... Got here by car. Anybody? Yeah? By car or bus? Did you, when you went and you put your key in the ignition and you turned it, were you scared it wasn't going to start or did you just go, nope, got this? Right? Or if you ever ride a bus, you sit there and wait for the bus, right? by faith, knowing that that's their route, and they will be there, right? They, they may be a little late, but you sit there and wait patiently, right? Because you believe that the bus is faithful to its route and will show up, right? So you have exercising faith that you would get here. Now, this is an exercise of faith for me every time I drive in San Antonio because some of these people don't understand. You believe that the other cars are going to stay on their side of the road, right? Sometimes that is not the case. Just driving sometimes is a matter of faith, right? When you came to a light that turned red, right, and you stopped, when you started again, you had faith that the other traffic from the other side was going to stop, right? Or when your light was green, you assumed you had faith that the other light was going to be red and it was clear to go, right? We exercise faith. How many of us got up and showered this morning? When we turned on the water knob, did water come out? Did we even think about it for a minute or did we just go doom? And turn it on, having faith that water was going to pour out. 
then where that it does not work out so well and water starts shooting from the wall <laughs> we exercise faith every day in small little circumstances and the reason that we believe that these things happen the reason that we can go to a car and think that it's going to start up the moment we crank the key that water is going to come from the faucet the moment we turn the knob that our phone alarm is going to get us up in the morning is because it's done it before right it's done it enough that we depend on it we rely on it we believe because it's happened before right and so it doesn't seem that far of a stretch for us to have faith in those things because they've proven to be reliable But the Bible tells us that faith can be in what's unseen too, right? And that's the one thing we may not have faith in, especially here recently. We do not have faith in the weather. If they say it's going to rain, it may not. If they say it's not going to rain, it probably is. Right? We've been a little uncertain lately. But the definition of faith is that things that we are hoped for is real, as if we already had them. It provides evidence that what is unseen is absolutely true. And confidence, it is setting our heart on the object of our hope. And we talked about hope just a little bit ago, didn't we? We can tend to put our faith and the things of the world. And sometime or another, the power is going to go out. The power charger is going to go bad. Your starter is going to go out. The car is going to be too cold. Something's going to happen. And it fails us. But there is one person, one thing, that never fails. God. And so if we can easily put our faith and our trust in all these things, why is having faith in God something so many people struggle with? Why is it something that's so hard for even us? We can't see him, but faith is seeing the uh, belief in the unseen, right? Hebrews 11.4. We know this story. It's a Bible story. We teach children from Genesis about Cain and Abel, right? Abel makes the better offering to the Lord. But in Hebrews 11.4, it tells us that Abel gave his offering to God by what? faith he gave a better offering by faith it was a matter of his heart he didn't set out to give a better offering than Cain that wasn't his motivation he could have cared less what his brother was doing his faith 
what was in his heart meant that he gave his best. So he gave his best, the first fruits, out of his heart. Cain just gave what he had. What he had to spare. Which wasn't necessarily the best. And when Abel gave, he gave in faith with the hope and confidence that God would take care of him afterwards. If this was all he had, if this is the best of what he had, then God would still reward him and bless him for giving his best. I was talking recently to someone, and they were saying, you know, the Bible tells us even that the overflow of the mouth comes from the heart. The words that come out of us are what's in our heart. And our lack of faith first can be attributed to a condition of the heart. So in order to strengthen our faith, to build it up, that's where we need to start, by strengthening our hearts. You see, there wasn't much of a difference between Cain and Abel if you get right down to it. Both knew God existed. Both talked to God. Both knew to make an offering unto the Lord. And both knew what was expected of them. But doubt may have crept in for Cain. And it kind of poisoned his heart a little. Because he wasn't willing to step out and trust in the Lord, that the Lord would take care of him. That even if he gave his best and his first, he would be rewarded for giving his best. Abel, though, he understood that. His heart was strong and sure. Like that song we were singing earlier, through every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil, right? When we're strengthened in our heart to let us apply and learn like Abel did, it's not enough just to believe that God exists. It's not even enough to just offer him things if we're not offering him the best, if we're not offering him the first. If we're not offering everything that we are, our hope, our confidence. What do we put our trust in? He's 11 is known as the heroes of faith, right? Go a little further. We read about a couple others, don't we? Enoch. It literally says, he walked with God by faith, right? He lived every day of his life with total, absolute confidence in God. 
And then what happened to him one day? We would say he disappeared, right? But the Bible says something different about it, right? It says, and then he was taken. He walked with the Lord. Not here on earth anymore. He trusted in God and the promises that he had been given from the Lord. When we trust in the Lord God, we can live in a way that keeps us faithful. We are just pilgrims passing through. Our confidence and our hope is not in this world or in the things of this world or in the people of this world. Our confidence, our hope, our faith is in God. So to strengthen our faith, we're about to exercise faith that the lights are going to stay on. I don't know what that was. <laughs> to strengthen our faith, to have true biblical faith, like we see from more heroes of faith in Hebrews 11. We need to have confidence in the Lord and in his promises. We need to set our heart on him. Because in our heart, if there's no doubt in our heart, if we trust the Lord, then faith in him, especially during difficult times, is going to come a little easier for us. Because we know that he is there. And so that leads us to ask questions of ourselves. What is our heart set upon? What do we put our trust in? Who are you walking with? You see, Abel had faith in his heart. Enoch walked by faith in his life. But what are we doing? Both of them understood that faith starts in the heart and gets applied to your life. Paul says, I know whom I have believed in and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him. You want to talk about someone who understood what it meant to get your faith tested? He was in prison. And he's telling people, no, I know who's got this. And I know that he's got me. And I know that he can handle whatever is coming our way. Things may happen in our lives that shakes our confidence, that shakes our faith. 
The Bible even tells us that. Acts 14.22 says, Through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. It's not smooth sailing. When Enoch was walking with the Lord, the world wasn't a good place. And still, he walked with the Lord. Abel had a competitive brother. But he didn't focus on trying to beat Cain out. He focused on what was in his heart and on what God wanted of him. Whenever we may face testing, it is to strengthen our faith, to build our confidence in the ability of God to handle whatever may come our way, to assure our hearts that he is more than enough for us, and to fortify and strengthen our hope that what God has promised, he will do. We have a very popular verse. A lot of people like to quote it when you think about hope. Jeremiah 29 11, right? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you hope and a future. People think, oh, God wants us to have hope. He wants us to have a future. But you've got to understand what's happening in Jeremiah right there when he's talking to them and telling them that. He is preparing them. Read Jeremiah 29, all of it one day, and you'll see. What he's saying is, is, you know what? Things are about to get really rough. You're going to go into exile. You're going to be slaves. You are going to wonder what has happened to you. But don't think that God has abandoned you because he has a plan to give you hope and a future when you get through it. And that's why part of strengthening our faith, like we talked about last week, is being in the word. Because we read just Jeremiah 29, 11, and then we start to question when bad things happen. How does a God who has a hope and a future for me let bad things happen to me? But when you read all of it, you find out, hey, they were having bad things happen to them too. In fact, he was gearing them up for it. He says, something bad is coming. There's a storm coming. But if you persevere, if you get through it, if you stay faithful, I've got a good plan and future in store for you. And that's what we know we're working on, right? We're waiting for our chance to be able to walk side by side with the Lord, right? And so, 
as a key element in strengthening our faith. What I want us to think about, what I want us to take some time and look at. Is who are we putting our trust in? What do we believe in? It's easy to put our trust in things of the world, right? In technology, in gadgets, and gizmos. In family, in people, right? I mean, that's not always a bad thing to put our trust in family, right? But what we need to make sure of is that above all, above everything, that we put our trust in the Lord. That we rely on him, depend upon him to see us through. That we don't worry about whatever the world may try to throw at us. And so if you are putting your trust in the wrong things today, your faith, your hope in something besides God. Surrender it to him so that he can be in your heart. He can be your hope. That he is who your faith is in. We're going to play a song and as it plays, just take this time. Jesus, take 
Father, indeed, we do surrender all to you, Lord. Help us, Lord, to have faith in our hearts and to walk by faith in our lives. Strengthen our faith daily, Lord, in you, to put our trust in you and to put you first in our lives. We ask these things in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.